hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by our great sponsors. BoldGrid works as a suite of plugins designed to help you create WordPress websites faster and easier than ever. BoldGrid will improve your workflow by providing direct access to free themes, page templates, photography, design elements, forms, galleries, and much more right from your dashboard. And the BoldGrid page builder allows you to easily drag and drop and edit this content as you see fit, all without having to use shortcodes. To learn more, head over to buildpodcast.net slash boldgrid. That's buildpodcast.net slash B-O-L-D-G-R-I-D. Starting a new project? Looking for a better hosting platform? Pantheon is an integrated set of tools to build, launch, and run websites. Get high-performance hosting for WordPress sites, plus a comprehensive toolkit to supercharge your team and help you launch faster. On Pantheon, you get expert support from real developers, best-in-class security, and the most innovative technology to host and manage your websites. Spin up a new site in minutes with a free account. You only pay when you go live. To learn more, go to buildpodcast.net slash Pantheon. That's buildpodcast.net slash P-A-N-T-H-E-O-N. And now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guest is Jonathan Kay of WP Stagecoach. Jonathan, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Uh, I... Always, this has been a trend uh, for the last few episodes. I always forget how to pronounce names or never ask how to pronounce names. Uh, So I'm glad that you had an easy one. I hope I pronounced it correctly. (laughs) You did just perfect. (laughs) All right, great. Does anybody ever say, like, call you JK, like, just kidding or anything like that? (laughs) No, I used to go by JPK back when I ran a computer lab. But in general, just Jonathan or hey, you. (laughs) <laughs> or hey you, that's fine. Uh, right, like call me anything you want as long as you don't call me late for dinner. I think that's like, yeah, yeah. So. But people don't get that as much these days. I know, I know. That's because like I don't know. Text me for dinner. I don't know. What it, <laughs> I, I don't know. Would it be? Today. Well, you don't have the kind of sit down dinners anymore. Yeah, I know. Which is like that's my wife and I have agreed that when we have kids, like we're definitely going to do that. No phones at the dinner table. Like very traditional. So good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, we say that. We don't have any kids yet, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But today we're talking about WP Stagecoach, right? So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, you and your product and how you came up with the idea? Well, my background is in systems administration. I've been doing that since the mid-90s with Linux and Unix servers. But a little over 10 years ago, I started doing this freelancing, and it's been fantastic for exposing me to lots of new environments and new problems that need solving. And it's really been fun to 
have you know, just new challenges come up and I can you know, write something that fixes this problem and I can write something that fixes this problem and I can write something that fixes this problem. And it's really generally very rewarding to be able to do that in a very, not always timely manner because some problems are complicated, but you know, it's, it's a very small environment and it's fun to be able to solve a problem like that. Several years ago, my partner started doing WordPress theme development and because I run a whole bunch of servers, I set up uh, you know hosting for her and a development environment environment for her. And to put a long story short, I wrote a product called WP Stagecoach. And what it does is a plugin that you install on your WordPress site. And once you install it, you sign in, you click a button, and it goes through and it makes a copy of your website and transfer it to our servers and sets up all the DNS, all of the tarring, all of the databasing, does all of that for you. So you just get to click a link at the end and bam, there's a copy of your website for you. You can go play with it, you can go break it, you can go have fun with it. You don't have to worry about it messing with your live sites. It's, it's a great, great thing to have. And once you're done editing it, playing with it, breaking it, and you're happy with how it looks, you can go back to the plugin on your live site, click another button, says import it and it brings all the changes back for you that's i mean that's fantastic so basically it's a plugin that spins up a staging site for you like a staging site in a box right yes uh, which is some it's something that a lot of people a lot of freelancers i will say and i'm generalizing because i when i was a freelancer i didn't do this very often and it wasn't <laughs> easy when i was a freelancer either a lot of freelancers may skip the staging site part, right? Or may not do it proper. Like I used to have this one local install that was just <laughs> whatever site I was working on at the time, that was the it was the staging site for that. Yeah. I've seen that before. You know, there it's it's a hard thing to do quickly especially and given that my partner was a freelancer and we hung out with a lot of freelancer other freelancer developers that's what the initial target audience was for. So the, the, the basis for the idea came from a 2013 WordCamp here in Seattle. I was talking with you know, just people, as you do, throughout WordCamp, and I had more than half a dozen people ask, what do you do for staging? And I said, well, you know, my, I explained my partner has these, uh, you know, does this development, and I have these servers for her. And rather than you know, spin up a new WordPress installation every time she had a new client, I wrote a script, you know, so that it was, you know, install WP, the name of the WordPress site you wanted. And so I wrote a whole bunch of scripts that did a whole bunch of things for her, you know, creating sites, deleting sites. When we moved into production, I wrote a script to handle that. If we needed to move it to a different server, you know, for a different environment, I wrote a script to do that. So I had all of these scripts that I had, you know, written to run on our personal little infrastructure. And so I explained this to other people. And everyone who I talked to said, I need that. And you could see their eyes get big <laughs> and they started drooling. And I said, yeah. huh, this might be something I could do, you know, take these and, and change them and make, release them publicly. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so this actually segues perfectly into the second question I usually ask, which is what kind of research did you do? It sounds like going to WordCamps was, was the, the kind of market research you did, right? <laughs> That was kind of the final straw that, that made me say, okay. okay, I really should do this. Like I mentioned, we've we hung out with a lot of freelance developers as well before this. And 
just kind of at that time in the WordPress world, staging was a really big deal. You know, WP Engine had it, but I think they were about the only one that did. So, you know, everyone needed it and no one had it. So it seemed like a great opportunity to you know, take these things that I had written for a very small, confined environment and you know, open them up to the world at large. And that presented a lot of problems, <laughs> but I can get into that later. <laughs> Gotcha. I mean, but that that's great. And I think it's something that a lot of, you know, it's, it's certainly something that I don't know anything about, right? Like server administration, I really just need the push a button, have a new thing that's exactly like the current thing. Yeah. So that's, that's great. And you mentioned that it spins up a new instance on y- your servers. Is that right? That's correct. Gotcha. Maybe we can touch on some of the challenges you would have had spinning it up on whatever hosting environment your user had, right? Yeah. Basically, you have, as a developer, as as a developer who's written a plugin to run on someone else's server or website, you have almost no control over anything there. You're at the whim of the web host. You know, if the web host has really, really slow IO, it's going to take forever and a week to spin up the site because you have to both write and uh, read and write the contents of the website. You don't have any control of how over what goes in and out of the database server. You don't have any control. If you break something badly enough, you can destroy the live site, which is a big thing I wanted to you know completely get away from. Yeah, you know, it takes yeah. some work, but you could do it. <laughs> and so I decided pretty early on that running them on my servers would give me all of the control I needed to be able to serve, you know, a good quality, you know, speedy, reliable staging sites and track all of the changes that I needed to to make imports possible. And that would be something that's again quite hard to do in a timely manner or a reliable fashion on someone's live, you know, $3 a month shared hosting plan. Yeah, that and that's that's a really great point, right? You could be dealing with I mean 25% of the web you're you could be dealing with you're probably actually dealing mostly with those smaller accounts right because like as a i have like a go geek siteground account and they have staging servers right mm-hmm. but dreamhost like a single dreamhost account might not right and we actually have a fair number of customers from other hosting companies that have their own staging solution but the flexibility of ours is you know generally higher than theirs and so we have quite a few customers from those people who prefer our staging solution to the, the built-in hosting one. Man, that's great. And we're going to get into the details of why in a few minutes. But the, the I want to ask you next about uh, kind of you, you've talked to freelancers, you went to WordCamps and talked to some hopeful customers that are saying <laughs> they need this. Do you talk to any other business folks? Are you part of a mastermind group? You know, how do you make the, who do you talk to to help you make the business decisions? I didn't actually talk to that many people about it. Like I mentioned, I've been running my own freelance business since 2006. And so I've talked to a lot of mostly small and medium-sized business owners in the course of my work with them about what their expectations are, what, what they need and want. And as far as translating what the small business owners need from a product, I thought it was pretty straightforward to say, okay, 
I have some reasonable assumptions I can make about what is the correct thing to do for a given situation. You know, I know data integrity is very high. I know security is very high. And these are you know, things that I built into the very basic, the basis of WP Stagecoach. Mostly, I just I thought everything out very thoroughly. I you know, was very meticulous about how I am going to create this. And I didn't get a whole lot of feedback from, you know, kind of, as you say, other business people. Um, mostly it was, you know, what do I need out of it? And what do, you know, customers need out of it? Gotcha. And I mean, so that's like stuff you already knew, which is maybe the best kind of research, right? The things that you've, the experience that you've gained over the years of freelancing is the thing that drove you, that was kind of the main driver. And that's absolutely excellent. That's a fantastic so. way to succinctly wrap that up. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. I mean, I appreciate that. So cool. Very cool. Let's talk about the fun bit, right? How did you build WP Stagecoach? And this could be like tools, coding methods, design decisions, whatever you want to talk about here is uh, is is fine by me. <laughs> well, design decisions are not my forte. So I'm really glad that I had my partner and a fantastic design agency to handle all of that. But as far as the technical stuff, that's my forte. That's always been my, you know, I love the nuts and bolts of how things work, not just with computers, but with the world at large. It's just a fascinating thing to look at something and think, you ponder through how exactly does that complex mechanical contraption work? And I can usually come up with a pretty good idea. It's not always right, but a good idea of what's what makes it work. Nice. Have you ever been to Disneyland or Disney World? Yes, but I was pretty young. I don't remember it. You should go back as an adult because my favorite thing to do while I'm there is figure out how they make some of their rides work. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry to interrupt <laughs> no, you. No, there. no. Yeah. It would be interesting, certainly. Yeah, yeah. So, as I mentioned, we we had an infrastructure with these shell scripts that I had written to make my partner and our subcontractors' lives easier. And after this WordCamp, I literally came home and made a copy of all of them and put them on a new, new server and kind of rewrote them so that they didn't need command line input. I wrote them, rewrote them so that I could you know, attach them to a web server and the web server would take commands and run the scripts. And then I wrote just a, a really tiny shell of a plugin for WordPress that went and talked to the uh, web server I'd set up. And that was the, the basis of it. Um, that was just you know, a really rewarding, satisfying, quick and easy thing to do that said, okay, this may be complicated, but it's not impossible. This is something I can do. So I threw all that away and started over from scratch. And you know, again, like I said, I thought through, okay, what what are some of the common pitfalls I've seen over the years of you know, problems with security, with reliability, with extensibility? And I really put those three things at you know the top of everything I'm every decision I made while building Stagecoach. So I I pretty much all the aspects of the like the how it controls everything is written into or controlled by a single API server or a you know a group of of servers if I need and those are really locked down you know they don't talk to many people and the infrastructure that they talk to will talk to no one except the API servers so that way that you know kind of takes a big 
load off of of um, worrying about you know script kitties and you know, port scanning and all this sort of stuff. And just a, a quick sidebar, right? Script kitty is a, essentially somebody who's writing like a uh, a malicious kind of sort of script, right? Typically, script kitties are are not even the people that write the scripts. They're the, the kids who go on whereas sites and you know find you know leets or hacking script number five hundred and twelve. Uh. <laughs> and they download it and they run it. And when nothing happens, they're like, well, that wasn't any fun. Or they crash a whole bunch of websites and go, wee! Gotcha. <laughs> cool. Very cool. So throughout the both the, the, the conductor, which is what I call the API server, because it orchestrates everything in a, a stagecoach environment, it does a lot of error checking with both the data that's given and the data it gives back out so that... You know, you always know, or it always knows that it's working with reliable and good data. And again, when it talks to the staging servers, which is where all the staging sites are hosted, those again, the staging servers themselves will you know, make sure that all the data they're receiving is good and all of the data they're giving back is good and reliable. And if something goes wrong, it throws up a flag and says, here's the problem. Here's where I ran into it. Here's what, you know, it, I was working on. So that makes looking into problems a lot easier. And it makes, you know, a lot of times I can, if it does happen, if an error does come up, I can write an exception for that and say, okay, well, that didn't work, so let's try this. And I can't write a case for every single possibility. But there tends to be, again, after running this for a while, I found there tend to be, you know, a handful of problems that we run into and I can pretty much write a script or a, a, a solution to each problem that comes up from that. And as far as extensibility goes, I had no idea what sort of traffic we were going to get when we launched. And again, given my clients, I uh, in the past with my freelancing, I've had you know sites that get you know tens of thousands of hits every hour. And so I wanted to be prepared for whatever might come. So I, extensibility was a really big thing on my mind. So each part of the infrastructure is ready to be, you know, extended. It's it's very modular. You know, you can take out a piece, replace it with a new piece, or you know, a dozen new pieces if need be. So you know, that's that sort of non-intervention was my goal as much as possible. You know, I I want my servers to do my work for me. And that's always been my goal as a freelancer and really want that to be my goal here. And kind of ongoing work that I have to do for all these, you know, for all the infrastructure, like, like I mentioned, we do have, you know, a, a bunch of staging servers. And so those do require maintenance. One of the things that we do with all of the different staging servers is one, balance the load, but two, we try to provide the best, closest matching environment to the live site. So, you know, if you're running on Apache 2.0 with MySQL 5.6, you know, we have a staging server that has that. And you in PHP, you know, 5.3 or whatever. So we try to make sure that there's a staging server that matches your live site as closely as possible. And that's one of the things that while it's creating the state or while the live site is going through the process of creating the files that are then transferred to the staging server, it talks to the conductor and says, here's what I'm running. And the conductor says, okay, 
I'm going to go check you know, this version of PHP, this MySQL, this Apache, and then picks a staging server based on that and routes it all through there. Man, that that is fantastic. Like that was, <laughs> I was wondering about that, right? Because I mean, if someone's running PHP 7, obviously putting them on a, a let's say 5.4 server is not going to work, right? Right. So, or maybe vice versa. Both ways. Definitely vice versa. Yeah. So that's really cool. So you have like a set of staging servers, essentially, that you're... And, and uh, so forgive my my line of questioning here if it's like not the right terminology or whatever, but I assume these aren't physical boxes, right? Are these virtual machines that you have running? They are virtual machines, yes. Okay. But again, given my background in freelancing and working with mostly local companies here in the Seattle area, I do have a physical rack at a fantastic data center a bit north of town. And nice. that's where the vast majority of this infrastructure lives. Cool. Very cool. So that, man, that was that was a lot of really great information, especially <laughs> for people who, you know, just want to click the button and, and magically have a, a box spun up, right? That was, or at least I found it very interesting. <laughs> and and I, I kind of like the whole, the full stack, as people say. Uh, so... Uh, we we talked a little bit about this, but maybe you could talk about maybe the the major milestones uh, as far as transformation has gone, right? Like, like what are the big things that have changed between your first version of WP Stagecoach and now? Well, it depends on which you consider the first version. You know, the alpha version was the first version I released to the public, and that was the second major rewrite or rewrite from scratch. And that was where I had a lot of the infrastructure concepts in place. You know, I had the conductor, I had the separate staging servers and, you know, I had kind of worked out how I wanted things to happen. You know, the, the staging server uploads directly to, or the live site uploads the files directly to the staging server so that, you know, for example, if web hosts want to run, you know, a staging server in their own data center, it doesn't have to transfer the files to the conductor and then back to the their own server. So I had gotten most of that most of that written out in the alpha plugin. And the beta plugin was again a, a rewrite where it was just trial and error. You know, I saw a lot of problems that stemmed from choices I made in alpha. They tended to be around reliability of web hosts. The alpha version, one of the things that PHP can do is a, a command called exec. And basically it says, PHP, go run this command directly on the, you know, the Linux system. So for things like tar and your MySQL dumping the database, that's incredibly, incredibly fast and made for a much better experience rather than relying on PHP's tar and going through and dumping the database by hand with PHP. Right. You might also avoid like uh, timeout issues as well. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And that's actually a really good one. Um, I believe I did implement a, a step-based system in beta where, you know, it, it you know, in the first step, it goes and talks to the conductor and figures out you know, where it's going to go, then it dumps the database, then it finds all the files it needs to back up or transfer, then it tars them up, and then it transfers them, and then it talks to the conductor again and says, everything's there, 
go make this happen. And then kind of as things have progressed, I've had to break up certain parts of that into multiple smaller steps. Again, you know, the, we have seen the probably some of the worst of the web hosting on the web running this service. <laughs> it, it's really interesting seeing you know Apache one three servers still out there in the wild. <laughs> and just as a note for everyone, Apache three went out of maintenance like it hasn't been supported in 10 or 12 or 14 years is a long time yeah wow so most of the the changes have been based on you know issues that have come up around slow or unreliable live production servers web hosts and there's nothing i can do to control those. I just have to be responsive or reactive and work around the new challenges they present. Gotcha. Cool. So again, that's very, very interesting to me. Something I'm definitely not, uh, I'm definitely glad I'm not doing because I don't (laughs) have the mind for that. But maybe with the last, so we're banging up against time, uh, maybe with the last couple of minutes, we can talk about, you know, uh, big plans for the future. Uh, And then I always end with the same, the same question too. So. For the future, I'm working on a couple new workarounds for web hosts, and that's definitely going to be a continuous process. But there's a big one that I've been working on for a while. Gotcha. And also, at some point, I would like to start adding features to kind of differentiate the different customers we're going after. We, you know, developers versus freelancers, well, developers and freelancers versus non-devs versus you know things like web hosts. So they all have their own unique set of packages or set of features that they, you know, helps them out. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now at the risk of upsetting maybe a couple of my sponsors, what's the toughest web host to work with? I think for all of them, it comes down to a server by server basis. You know, every single web host has that one overloaded server and whether they realize it or not, you know, everyone, the web hosting industry is very, you know, has very small margins. They have to, you know, push their servers to the limit. But, you know, they, they, from what I've seen, a lot of them do tend to neglect IO, um, you know, disk input output as one of the the things they they tend to skimp on. Gotcha. I would love to see that turn around. I, I, I was hoping with SSDs becoming so commonplace, we'd see less of that. But I know a lot of them are still running, you know, on Networked SANs, uh, storage tech, storage area networks. Mm-hmm. Hard drives with physical moving parts as opposed to not so much. As opposed to SSDs, which are just the flash right, memory. Right. Yeah. So I'd like yeah. to see more SSDs in production. Gotcha. Cool. Well, uh, that was a very diplomatic answer, and I appreciate <laughs> that. And so uh, the last question I like to ask is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Not really trade secrets per se, but just the overwhelming need for all developers everywhere to follow best practices and standards. We've seen so many problem themes and plugins that are a problem because they don't follow the best practices. You know, storing all of your data as transients just is not a good idea. And, you know, those, those best practices and standards are there for a reason. You know, they, they make your plugin or theme transferable. They make it work in a wide variety of environments and they make transferring around a lot easier. So follow those standards, follow those best practices. 
Awesome. Well, Jonathan, thank you very much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, everybody. I want to tell you about a new book I wrote with my good friend, Matt Medeiros of The Matt Report, called The Podcast Starter Kit. It's a QA-style book that tells you exactly what you need to get up and running with your own podcast. I've had lots of fun over the last several months with how I built it, and I want to share what I've learned with anybody looking to start their own podcast. In the book, Matt and I try our hand at answering 23 questions that you need to ask yourself before you get up and running. We also include several resources, our favorite equipment, and a checklist at the end. Head over to thepodcastbook.com to check it out. It's only $24, and it'll save you hours of time researching the right tools, where to upload your podcast, how to run a good interview, and a lot more. That's thepodcastbook.com. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks to our great guest and fantastic sponsors. If you liked the show, please rate it and subscribe on iTunes, in Google Play, or whatever your podcast app of choice is. If you have any questions, be sure to reach out at howibuilt.it. And finally, until next week, get out there and build something.